eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. technology it's fun good morning bucknutters it's monday december the 12th 2022 i am dan rubin this is the bucknuts morning five and change you can see patrick murphy sitting there here's who you can't see at least at least i can't see him and if you can see him you probably got bigger issues than i do and that is the lovely and talented dave biddle who will be taking this week off. I'm not really sure what he's doing. Some could be a staycation for the uh, Hilliard resident, if you guys want to look him up, but not really sure. Pat, you had a good weekend. What's up, man? Not much, yeah. Good weekend in uh, New York. We're there for the coming out for us. So uh, second time doing that. Pretty cool opportunity and you know, CJ, obviously, I think everyone knows by now, didn't win the award, finished third. But uh, I think he had he had a good time. I had a good time. And I think we, we had plenty of coverage on Bucknuts if you have missed any of that. There's no question it is good marketing to have someone at the Waldorf Astoria, if they still have it there every year, um, or the Downtown Athletic Club. I don't even remember anymore. Um, but it's certainly good marketing. It does seem now to be a quarterback's award. Um, We know that Caleb Williams, the D.C. native, I might add, pulled in the award. It wasn't quite the spectacle the Heisman Trophy can be. I don't think anyone kind of ran away with it this year. There was no just uh, overwhelming performance. I think we all assumed Caleb was going to get it, but it wasn't like he had some, you know, transcendent performance did you get the sense when you were there that cj felt like he belonged um was he enjoying his time in new york city obviously we could all be so uh unfortunate to finish third in the heisman voting and be a future millionaire in manhattan but how do you think he enjoyed the whole experience how do he handle himself and what's the general vibe on the buckeyes 
Yeah, not only future millionaire. Uh, CJ's making plenty of money on NIL right now. I so I, wanted be, I wanted to be conservative there, Pat. <laughs> yeah, his his trip seemed to be pretty good. Look, he was the guy of the group that been to New York before. Obviously, he did this last year, so he talked to quite a bit about kind of being the the veteran of the four that were there, which obviously included Max Duggan from TCU and um, Stetson Bennett from Georgia. The group seemed along from from the time we were around them pretty well. I'm sure you know on social media some of the stuff with them going around New York City. Look, this this event has has changed quite a bit, right? I mean, everyone knows pretty much beforehand who's going to win. There's there's less mystery, maybe more mystery this year, just because the didn't have really that great Heisman moment. In fact, I think Max Duggan from TU and the uh, or the Big 12 championship game probably had the closest thing, but he still lost the game. CJ didn't beat Michigan. Caleb Williams didn't win the Pac-12. No one really seized it. And Stetson Bennett, I'm not even sure, frankly, why he was there looking at his as the quarterback on the number one team in the country. But, uh, yeah, I think CJ enjoyed. I think he knew the situation going in. And I think he's focused ultimately on what's next. And I think that's most important is you know, he realizes this is the possibly a legacy-defining game or a legacy-defining, I wrote yesterday, legacy-defining month for him going forward in terms of kind of erasing the bad memories. Not erasing, that's not the right term. Those are always going to be there, but of the Michigan game and the chance to win a national championship. And I do think that means more to him than potentially to Heisman. Heisman was certainly a goal when he was going to Ohio State. He didn't win it. Now the the team goal of of crowning national champion is what he's focused on. He talked multiple times about how he got to work right away, even before they knew they were headed back to the college football playoff. They stayed optimistic, and he was out in the woody with with the receivers and with other guys working on that stuff. So yeah, it would have been great if CJ came home with the Heisman Trophy, but now he can really put that stuff behind him and, and focus in on this game coming up here on New Year's Eve. You know, despite what everyone might think, I think Georgia is the only team that Ohio State would be a considerable underdog to in this game. So I think there are aspects of it that make it, I don't say easier to prepare, but coming off a loss they had to have an all or nothing against Georgia, meaning I don't think anyone expects them to go in there and just finesse their, it's going to take their best game they've played in. X number of years, it's going to take everyone being yeah. healthy and stuff. Mentality-wise, do you think it might even be better for them to have started out with Georgia than, I don't know, I guess TCU, would they'd have been a serious favorite. But facing Michigan again, to me, the idea of beating Michigan and then beating Georgia, it sounds like, an I'm not going to say impossible, but it sounds like uh, very, very close to impossible. But the idea of maybe beating Georgia and showing – themselves even that they are that squad I think would portend beautifully into the next game I'm obviously creating an Ohio State love scenario yeah I completely agree I look if you can go and and beat Georgia and use that underdog mentality that, that the Buckeyes over the years have done really well with then you're in great shape for whoever you play in the national championship, be it Michigan or TCU. I think that this being, you know, one versus four and being one of the two teams everyone talked about throughout much of the season as, as probably the best two teams in the country really until the last few weeks, 
gives Ohio State, you know, that added chip on the shoulders you mentioned. It, it's no one's picking you right now because they've seen you lose Michigan. Georgia's obviously been the number one team all year. So, yeah, I think this works out well. Assuming the Buckeyes go out there and take care of business, um, I think this works out well. You can use kind of the motivational factor of, of being the underdog throughout these weeks in practice. And, you know, what? where is the pressure in this game? It's on the defending national champions. It's not so much on Ohio State from a national perspective. So I think that does certainly play in the Buckeyes' favor and can be used well. Yeah, I'm not sure. It'd be very. It's very difficult to create a scenario guys who are a true underdog. Um, had they faced Michigan in the first round on a neutral field, I'm not sure everybody would want to see that spread because I think, honestly, Ohio State, if it wouldn't be a pick it would be closer than people think. This way, at least, it's a pure underdog approach. And like you said, Ohio State, how many times have you been a true underdog in X number? You know what I mean? Seriously, like where you go in the game where all the money in Vegas is going to be on. I mean, not all the money because we got plenty of fans, but I think everyone's fine. It's an all or nothing mentality. So I do think that's that's a good thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Where are we at? We'll come back. Let's pay our podcast bills, people. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, we are back. One thing I've noticed is that um, if you look at the other teams, let's say the non-playoff teams, much more upheaval in their roles, discussion of transfers, uh, much more discussion next year, guys taking breaks for bowl games with the playoff teams, obviously. I don't know if it's the calm before the storm. Obviously, when we talked about this as a staff, Lord knows what would have happened had Utah not beaten USC in terms of the uh, Ohio State roster. There are obviously a number of dudes who are playing in this game against Georgia that probably wouldn't have been active had they been in a different, less impactful uh, contest. That is a good thing. Do you think it's the calm before the storm? Do you think there's going to be a mass exodus after the game? Or do you think they pretty much got what they got? 
Well, I think win or lose against Georgia, win or lose in the national championship game, if they do Georgia, you're going to have your normal departures. Right? You're going to have your NFL guys, and, and we know who a lot of those are, and, and there'll be a surprise or two that we don't think really makes sense, and there'll probably be a guy that, that comes back that you may not have expected. And there will definitely be guys that leave the transfer portal. You know, we've already seen a couple of them, even though a guy like Terrell Mitchell is staying through the the playoff. You know, he's he's already said he's going to play his last year elsewhere. There will be other guys, no doubt. I think making the playoffs certainly helps that. Look, we saw last year with the Rose Bowl, the number of guys that opted out of playing in that game at the transfer portal coming up, like a seven banks or the NFL draft, like Clave Wilson. So we're going to see guys go. I don't know if it will be a, a mass exodus. Look, this team still went 11 and one. A lot of guys played. Um, you know, I, I think the fact that, that they had success makes it easier for you to tell guys, look, here's they're not playing. If you're struggling in in certain places, then I think it's it's more difficult for guys to understand why they aren't getting on the field. Now, maybe at cornerback, where we certainly have seen some struggles this year, some of the younger guys are looking out there and saying, why are we not getting an opportunity? And a number of them did, to be fair. But uh, you know, I don't think there will be a, a mass exodus that we might have seen if they don't make make the playoff. I think a lot of guys are, are happy, and, and there will be guys that do depart. But I can't envision it being like what we've seen from Alabama this year. I think they're up to 10, 12 guys left the roster already, and that's Alabama. So – uh, you know, one year not making it and you see what happens there. So these guys seem to be in a, a good spot, a normal spot at this point. And I think if you win the national championship, guys are feeling pretty happy whether you played or not. Fair. Who do you think, uh, maybe guys who dealt with some nagging injuries? I know I have nothing against Diamante Trinum personally, but the idea of him playing in the game Michigan to me was just ridiculous. Um, the running back situation needs to be fixed, at least from a health perspective. Who else are they getting back? Who do you expect to be a little bit more refreshed? Right guard was an issue. What? Uh, I mean, this is a really long break for a football team. It's almost an unnatural break to me, um, even with the playoff, to take off a month at this time of the year. Um, yeah. Just a little bizarre. I guess we get to – I mean, definitely want them to rest their bones and such, but – I do feel like you're going to get their a better punch out of them, but are there some guys you really have more expectations for? Yeah, the the running back that you mentioned, running back position that you mentioned is is the big one in my mind because Travion Henderson and Mike Williams started the season so well, right? And then injuries started to take their get their toll on both those guys. Both guys miss games. So if you can get them back and get them playing like they were against Notre Dame, where you have a two-headed monster to add to the passing attack, I think you are in a much better place than you were against Michigan. Michigan them playing, um, you can move him back to linebacker if they're healthy, let him add to the depth there. Then you have Dallin Hayden that can, that can come in if you need it. But I think that's the big one to me. Look, it's it's tough to tell how quickly these guys are going to heal. But as you mentioned, over the course of a month, I think you certainly get healthy. That right guard position, when when uh, Matt Jones got hurt, I thought he was done for the season. And then to see him even warm up against Michigan, and he was on the sideline, he was in pads ready to go. I think that's certainly a good sign going forward. Let's not forget Tommy Eichenberg was playing with two broken hands at the end of the season. He had casts on both of his hands. 
I don't know how quickly that injury heals, but I bet he'll be feeling a lot better when uh, the Buckeyes take the field in Peach Bowl than he was against Michigan, even though he still played well. So in my mind, this is this is a great thing for Ohio State. Look, you would have loved to play in the Big Ten championship game, right, and have a chance to win a, a Big Ten title. But having that extra week, weird as it is, because it certainly is, like you mentioned, but having that extra week, we saw last year, Georgia was a team that had extra time before playing in the national championship. So um, I, I think it's a positive. I do think the Buckeyes will be as healthy as we've seen them in, in months when they take the field against Georgia, assuming no setbacks in practice, of course. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you can make a very strong argument that uh, let's just say Ohio State wins the national championship. There will be people that cite the fact that they did not make the Big Ten championship game as one of the reasons they were able to rest up and play. Honestly speaking, if you were to finish, let's just even say hypothetically they had won the Michigan game. Look, they were going to, I'm sure they wanted to get the Big Ten title, but if someone said to you, you can have, you know, there will be no Big Ten champ, but you can take a week off and not go play against Purdue, um, they would have taken it. And look how it ended up. So if you want to talk about a flaw in the system, I do think the loss to Michigan in the long run actually helped them if they get to their ultimate goal. Now that's not, it's a circuitous route and, and not in any way suggesting the loss to Michigan was a good thing. Still need to assess reality. And the fact is a week of not getting hit in football towards the end of the season is simply beneficial. They don't put bye weeks in there in the NFL season at the end for ha-has. They do it to uh, make money off the television contract. I get that. But other stuff too. Um. Where do we go from here? The next few weeks, they got 19 days now. There's no Heisman ceremony. Um, they're going to get them worked back into shape before they get on a plane to the South. What do you expect out of them the next few weeks? What kind of access, what we have, what can the people on Bucknuts expect in terms of the team? We're going to get Ryan Day on Tuesday. Um, also, the Peach Bowl CEO will be in town, so we're going to talk to him. Right. Steve actually already did. Yeah, right. Steve already actually talked to him and did a story about kind of what he's expecting from this game, but he will be available. Ryan on Tuesday, um, and then players. We're supposed to get a ton of players. There's a two-hour window that uh, they're going to cycle players through on Wednesday. So plenty of stuff there. That's kind of the schedule for the week. Once we get down to uh, to to Atlanta, there'll be daily you know stuff. I assume we'll have another um, availability next week before that all gets going. We, we haven't gotten that far though. But in terms of practice, the Buck already got back out there. Look, as as I said earlier, CJ Stroud said they were working that week between the big or the Michigan game and the Big Ten championship game. Players were working kind of on their own or, or with some of the the graduate assistants as if there was you know they're playing enough. He said they believed in the fact that they were going to get in. And so work didn't stop just because they lost to Michigan. And now they're going to get back into a more normal routine. Ryan Day said last week they're going to use kind of the blueprint they had in 2020, obviously taking the COVID stuff out of it, but kind of the preparation ramp up they took to get to the national championship that year. So they'll start off with, you know, a little bit slower, um, getting guys back into to full football shape and, you know, doing some fundamental things, stuff like that, and build up towards 
uh, normal game week practices that they had, you know, throughout the season. And I think the, you know, an approach that we've seen work, even the year that they lost to Clemson in, in the tight one that uh, obviously was pretty controversial. I think they were well equipped after, you know, almost a month off um, or a month away, away from the field. So I think it's a, it's a good approach for Ohio state. I think we'll, we'll see, um, you know, kind of how the Buckeyes are feeling. Hopefully we'll get more of an injury update though. Ryan Day doesn't like to talk about that stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll just try to ride it out here until we get down to Atlanta. Here's where I think the silver lining for people, and obviously the events of the last month or so, slightly troubling, but keep this in mind. Ohio State is an extremely, extremely talented football team. That's not the issue. And you're going to get them on a neutral field. Yes, I get it's in, in Georgia, but it's an indoor climate-controlled approach. So you're going to get their best punch. Will it be good enough? I mean, we don't know. And you're going to take a colossal punch from Georgia. But this is what this program is built for, man. They've recruited at this level. They have the quarterback. They have, hopefully, time to tweak their defense to the point where you know, they don't make four or five terrible plays. I still have all the mind, now that I've gone back and watched the Michigan game again, that it was not the year before. They weren't pounded out. They had a very yeah. good chance to run away with that game early. I don't care what anyone tells me. Just need to mm-hmm. make a few of those key, I don't know what they're called, the three or four plays in every game that end up determining it. You can't Fourth and one can't go off your fingertips. Um, a second, you know, a first and ten run that's got 16 yards there can't produce four yards. So if they hit on all cylinders, I think we have plenty of reason to be positive. I get the negativity, but keep in mind, Pat just came back from the Heisman from the second year in a row, okay? We are not some poor mouth program here. We need to get our confidence back up, go in and take out the dogs, and then after that, all H will break loose. I yeah, appreciate – Go ahead. Just, just real quick, I'd add – you mentioned Atlanta – when the Buckeyes had to go down there and play, in, uh, I think it was New Orleans against Alabama. Yeah, more Alabama fans, but you can shut the t- shut the crowd up easily by by playing well. You know, Ezekiel Elliott runs, for instance, did that. And then the other thing I'd add is I think and you sort of touched on earlier with the Michigan game. Look, not only do the players have to go back and evaluate things, but Ryan Day's got to look himself in the mirror on those calls. Jim Knowles has to evaluate how he's calling games. So this gives them a month to kind of assess how they've done things from a coaching staff perspective. You have to think, well, I don't think there'll be wholesale changes. You're not going to see a whole new looking football team out there. I do think Ryan Day specifically, and he's mentioned, you know, he wants an aggressive football team and all this stuff. You got to show that in this game. You got nothing to lose. Um, use the game. No one expected you to make the national championship anyway. You're playing Georgia, but you win the game. Now, now the narrative has shifted, and and all of a sudden Ryan Day could be the great play caller again. Jim Knowles could be the defensive savior again. This, you know, they didn't forget how to coach. Maybe they got a little tentative against Michigan or, or whatnot. But uh, how's your chance to kind of rewrite that story a little bit? And you know, if they don't look themselves in the mirror, then I think they have bigger problems. But I do think they will. And I know I'm not trying to fire the guy up, but Stetson Bennett is not Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. I'm just saying, I, I get he's had a storybook career. If we can somehow put it into a position where the fate of Georgia rests on Mr. Bennett, I think they'll be in good shape. 
Like I said, we appreciate Pat stopping by. Dave is on vacation next week. I hope to have the tomorrow's Tuesday, right? 24-7 yep. Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong, hopefully will be joining us. Me mentioning it here, hopefully we'll put some pressure on him to make him want to show up. We appreciate everyone stopping by. Have a great Monday, Bucknutters. normal what's normal the paramount plus original series evil returns we've already hunted werewolves demons and now what a baby antichrist (laughs) prepare yourself you will not beat us for the end i have visions of hell make it stop make it shut up you're not gonna survive this evil the final season streaming may 23rd only on paramount plus